Hello and welcome to Balance City with your host, me, moi, Danielle. We're going to talk all about the juicy stuff, about relationships, about business, about mental health, all the things when it comes to the journey of life, right? And what you'll see along the way is no one's perfect. We all have our shit, (laughs) to be frankly honest. And I am so thankful that you're here to be on this journey with me. And I'm going to have some epic guests sharing their story. And I just cannot wait to get this started. So let's go. Welcome, welcome back. I am so excited that you guys are here. And today I have an incredible woman with me. And we met on Clubhouse. And I say it every time, but you guys have not downloaded the app. You're missing out on some incredible, incredible people that you can connect with. But I have Sally Colon here. And Sally, I'm going to pass you the mic because, first of all, your story is incredible. And I want like all my listeners to really get to know who you are. Um, so give a little intro and then we'll go from there. Okay. So my name is Sally Colon. And uh, I'm a filmmaker. I focus mostly on social impact documentaries and also recently been developing some reality shows and docu-series. I'm also a certified life coach, um, studied under Jay Shetty and Tim Story for many years. And I'm a mom of two teenage daughters. So that's kind of like my quick intro. And I host, I've been hosting TV for 25 years and I do have a big announcement that I'll share. Um, I made the announcement yesterday in my room, but I'll give it to you exclusively. First podcast to make my announcement on. So. I love it. I love it. No, I, yeah. yeah. Wait, to, guys, stay tuned because it is an incredible announcement for sure. Yes. So I, I kind of wanted to talk to you about, because you, did you start your career with um, Singled Out or no? How did Oh, no, gosh. Okay. Singled- so my career started in Chicago. I'm from Chicago, born and raised. Mm-hmm. Originally, my family's from Puerto Rico, but my ancestors are from uh, Spain. So I'm Latina. I speak fluent Spanish. But my career started in beauty pageants, actually. Okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, I remember the moment my mom came into my bedroom. I was like in my you know late, late teens. And she goes, there's this ad and it, they're looking for Latinas for pageants. I was like, I don't want to do no pageant. Like I was not <laughs> in it. I'm, I was like a tomboy growing up. I played sports. Like I was not foofy girl at all. And my mom's like, no, I think it's a good idea. Anyway, she convinced me to do it. I ended up doing this huge beauty pageant. 72 girls and I won first place runner up. And because of that, my, I ended up getting an agent because of that. And I booked my first local dental commercial. (laughs) So that was my very first on camera thing. But then right after that, my agent started sending me out and I booked like national Budweiser commercial that aired during Super Bowl. And I booked, you know, some TV shows and some soap operas. And then I was like, you know what, it's time to go to Hollywood. And my senior year of high school, the caption underneath my, my name says Hollywood, here I come. So I always knew, always knew, but I will say the bug came to me at six years old. The very first time I watched Wizard of Oz after watching that, I knew I went into fantasy land watching that film and I was like, I am going to make films like that one day. And so that was really at six years old is when I got the bug, the bug. So I moved to Hollywood with a thousand dollars in my bank account for real, for real. Um, ended up finding a roommate who is John Beach, who's actually on Clubhouse. He's a yep. huge um, uh, writing agent. Like, uh, what are they called? Why can't I think of it right now? <laughs> he helps. He helps people. Um, Take like, their, book, like booking, 
Like, no, no. Literary, literary agent. Sorry. Okay. He's a <laughs> huge literary agent. So anyway, so I got an agent, booked my very first movie six months after, you know, coming in called Eight Heads in a Duffel Bag with Joe Pesci, David Spade, Chrissy Swanson, a bunch of different celebrities. So I got to spend two weeks on set with Joe Pesci, which was amazing, you know, which, which I'll tell you this really quick, 10 years prior to that, my very first uh, extra feature role was with Joe Pesci in a movie called With Honor. So to be able to 10 years later be in a movie where I actually had lines and it was like a real movie, um, not that With Honors wasn't, but like it was so exciting. So that from there, I went to um, doing some more commercials, got a commercial agent, got a manager. Everything happened really fast because I spoke fluent Spanish and I was already SAG-AFTRA. And, uh, and then a lot of people don't know this. I don't even know, if Daniel, if you know this, I'm also a singer. So I, I got, no, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. I'm also a singer, which was really like my biggest success in life was as a singer. So I was recruited as part of a four girl Latin group that Suzanne DePass, who discovered Jackson five was our manager. We ended up signing a $1.3 million record deal with DreamWorks and went crazy. Like we saw we ended up writing four songs with Michael Narada Walden, who did, um, Freeway of Love and wrote with Whitney and, and Mariah and everybody. So we got to go and be on his camp with him on his farm, writing farm, wrote four songs with him. And that was like a two year huge. Like we, I made so much money that year. And so that was like one of my big successes. And then after that, uh, there's always so many long rabbit hole, you know, I can go through, but I'm going to go fast. After that, I started, I left that situation and started doing missions and ended up my first missions trip was at Peru in Peru singing for the kids in the shanty towns. Um, and that became kind of my life, like just giving back. And then I got married, had two kids. 15 years later, I got divorced. In the middle of that, I was making a feature documentary called Women Like Us, which is about women changing the world in the areas of sex trafficking, FGM in Africa, teen suicide. And that's now being licensed around the world. It just got translated into Arabic. So, and then fast forward to today, I'm now, you know, creating uh, three new reality shows, another feature film that I just wrote and a docu-series. So that's kind of like fast forward and then being on Clubhouse as an influencer, which is like, I really enjoy that. I mean, I want to kind of pedal back a little bit into, cause like, I mean, you, you, you've, you've done so much yeah, and you've accomplished so much. What is like the one thing that you're most proud of? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I mean, obviously being a mom, having Mm -hmm. two beautiful Mm -hmm. girls who are now teenagers and I Mm -hmm. love, love, love them. I mean, love. Um, But I would say my Women Like Us film. Absolutely. I even just seeing like the snippet of it in Vegas, it my heart just like, and I was watching, did I have to send you a video of what, cause I don't know if you, I, I sent it to you, but I was recording you while, watch, while watching it. Oh, that's and, cool. And like, it was an incredible experience to view that. But, <laughs> I'm very attached to that film. It's, it's like, I call it my third child. Cause it's, it took me three and a half years to do it. I raised 150,000. That took me a long time to raise. And I gave a lot of my life. I actually, probably neglected my children and my husband at the time because I was so passionate about this film, ended up getting divorced, not because of the film, but I, I did neglect him a little bit as my husband at the time. So it's, it's a beautiful film. And I, and we're actually uh, the person that's licensing it right now that that contract is over. So we're going to take it back 
and we're going to get a distributor so we can get it up on a live stream so people can, or on a streamer so people can actually watch it. Oh, that's amazing. Amazing. And like, I don't know if I, like a lot of people understand really like what goes into something like what you do, right? Mm -hmm. It's, 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 it's hard work. Very hard work. And I'll tell you this, my little sister, Sarah, who was a newscaster for many years, also a documentarian. She said to me, sis, if you knew then what you know now, would you have still done it? And I said, Mm -hmm. no way. If I would have known it was going to be this hard and I was going to be so stressed out and it was going to, you know, mess up my marriage and, and like my kids felt neglected, I probably would have said, heck no, I'm not doing it. So thank God I didn't know how hard it was going to be because I dove in and I, I, I went straight forward and I didn't stop until it was done. So, I mean, let's talk about the, like the, like the sacrifices that you made during this journey. Like, uh, was there at any moment that you were like, I can't do this anymore. Like it's just, it's too much. Yeah. That happened probably six times Mm. in the process. And a lot of those moments were when I ran out of money. So I would run out of money and then I would have to start another Indiegogo. I did five Indiegogo campaigns. I did four fundraisers. I begged and pleaded my family. I put the first 25,000 in because that's how much I believed in it. And it was some money my mom left me when she passed away. So technically I made the film to honor my mom because she was a, a social worker for special needs kids. And then when she passed away, she left my sisters and I an inheritance. And I took part of that to make this film. So technically my mom is an, is an executive producer on this film, um, even though she's in heaven, but I would say the money was the biggest thing. So, you know, if you're making a film, try to have all the money up front if you can. So we would have to stop for like six months at a time to raise more money. And uh, that was probably the, the toughest part. And then also, you know, finding the different subjects, the different people. And I will tell you this story. There's a couple of really good stories, but one of them was the film was pretty much almost over and like ready to be done. You know, like we had edited, we had worked on it for almost a year. And I, somebody reached out to me at the time I was like volunteering at the dream center in Los Angeles. And somebody reached out to me and said, you know, there's this girl locally to where you live, who's like suicidal and the mom doesn't know what to do. And she's, you know, she was like suicide ideation. She kept thinking of different ways to, you know, to kill herself. And she was a Mm. young girl. And they said, is there anything you could do? And I said, yeah, absolutely. Where does she live? I'm going to go to her house right now and take her to dinner. And the mom didn't know who I was from anybody. But at that point, she was desperate. And this is what her mom was a police officer in our community. And um, so I showed up at the mom's house and I said, is it okay if I take your daughter to dinner? And she said, absolutely. Took her to dinner, sat across from her and said, let's talk. Like, what's going on? What's the trigger? You know, like really like just loved on her. And I, I remember calling my, um, and we didn't have a suicide scene at that time in the movie. I remember calling my editor and said, we got to open up the film. We have to do a suicide scene. And he's like, what? The film is like pretty much done. I said, no, nah, dude, we got to open the film back up. Even if that means I got to raise more money to pay you more. He's like, all right, cool. So I had one week to put that entire scene together. I, the mom agreed to be in it. The, the girl agreed to be in it. Thank God. I found another mom who her daughter did commit suicide. She agreed to do it. Oh yeah. And then I was at this event in Beverly Hills and it was like a woman's event. And it was a thing where we were getting to know each other as women. And I, and there was a psychiatrist there, psychotherapist actually, who her specialty was teen suicide. I have chili bumps right now. Uh, well, I was just going to say, <laughs> well, I was just going to say before you continue, I'm looking 
as soon as you were talking about your mom and then you went on, there was yeah. like a ray of light right on your there. shoulder. Yeah. I see it. <laughs> That's my mom on my shoulder. Oh, I love that. I love she this. shows up. You know what? I got a tattoo right here. It's a white dove. And it's every time I see a white dove with a heart, you know, it has a heart. It, I think of my mom. So anyway, I, I started talking to this woman. I said, I know you're going to think I'm crazy, but I'm doing this film and I have one week to get the scene together. Would you be willing to be in it? She goes, oh my God, I've never done anything like that, but sure. And within a week, I had every single person. We set up one day. We had everybody come to my house. We set everything up and we shot for one day that scene and we put it in the film. So that's an incredible story. I'll tell you one other quick one. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. This one's really cool. We were in Africa because it I I shot in two for two weeks in Africa. And there was we were we came back from doing some humanitarian work, and there was this silver bullet helicopter in on our property. And we're like, who the heck is here? And so the manager came over to myself and the the woman that was leading the, the tour that we were on, and she said, he said, Hey, would you be willing to give up two of your rooms? Because you know, you you took up all the rooms. The the former president of Na- of Kenya is here with his security and his wife, and they need two rooms. And we're like, heck yeah. <laughs> and the thing is, I was looking for politicians to be in my film, and it was like really difficult to get anyone to pay attention to me. I was a first-time filmmaker and the whole thing. So anyway. They knew that we had given up the room. So after dinner, they came, they had to come through our dining room to go to their room. And I, she was standing right there, the former first lady. And I, I was like, this is my moment. This is my moment. I walked over to her and I said, hi, um, I'm a filmmaker. These are, you know, Kat Sadler was with me from E! News. I don't know. Uh-huh. Who was. Yeah, my uh-huh. co- she was my co-producer on my first film. And so she was with me in Africa. And I said, I know this sounds crazy, but is there any way that you can give me 30 minutes of your time tomorrow morning before you take off? This is Kat Sadler. She's a celebrity in, in America. And she's like, she pulled it. She had a, her iPad. She pulled out her iPad and she looked up Kat and she's like, Google. she's a celebrity. And she said, you know what? Be in front of my room at 7.30 a.m. I'll give you 30 minutes with all your stuff set up. And I go, we will have coffee there for you. So I showed up. We had our camera crew set up. I said at 7.30, she sat on the chair. And we had 30 minutes with her and that was incredible. So just moments like that, that God just, he's like, he's like, you're there. Okay. You're there. Like it's what Oprah says when preparation meets opportunity. So it was awesome. Yeah. And I mean, it's going back to, yeah, the, the universe purposely puts things in your corner for certain reasons. And that, that was like, I'm like getting chills. That was like, that was powerful. <laughs> that was powerful. Powerful. Um, I, now I kind of want to get into kind of like uh, a little like of the fun stuff in your life, right? Because I don't know if a lot of people knew, but you you dated Ryan Seacrest. I did date Ryan Seacrest. <laughs> I did. I know it sounds crazy, but uh, but yeah, I've dated a lot of celebrities. He's just one that I talk about, but I I can give you a couple more if you want that I don't really talk about. On, I love on, it. Like, yeah. Throw I guess like, another super fun. I was on the set of friends. I had a, a guest starring role on the set of friends and Joey. I played Joey's girlfriend on an episode of friends and David Schwimmer took a liking to me. Um, I remember him and, and uh, Joey, is that his real name? I don't, for some reason I can't think of his real name. Yeah, um, They were standing across from me and I was doing my scene and he was like calling out my name. And I was like, why is David Schwimmer calling out my name? So anyway, long story short, I was sit- I was standing at craft services getting some food. He passed by me, tapped on my shoulder, handed me a note, walked away. I opened up the note and I still, by the way, have the note. And it says, hi, Sally, would you like to go out with me tonight? If so, wiggle your ear 
If not, wiggle your nose like you're smelling bad cheese. Love David with his phone number. Stop true, it. True story. I still have the note. I should have actually brought it. I need to start bringing the note. I, I need to la- laminate it before. Well, like, you gotta, maybe you can screenshot it for me. Text it to me. We can I will do it. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. <laughs> I will do that. I promise I'll do it. I have it up there. Uh, the reason that I'm asking you this is because, I mean, a lot of people that know, you know, know who you are, know that you're in the business. Mm-hmm. How often do you get like taken advantage of? By men or by the industry? or oh, by, the, by the industry. By the industry. I mean, I would say nothing now. But mm. when I was younger and didn't really know, I started an industry when I was like 21 years old. I got taken advantage of a lot. Mm. You know, the whole Me Too movement is a real deal. And I, I'll tell you one quick story. I was doing a photo shoot and, we, you know, the photographer had all the models in one room. It was like a shoot for some kind of catalog or I don't remember what it was. He had a camera hidden while the girls were changing. So like crazy stuff like that happened wow. in Hollywood. I don't know so much now. This was 20 years ago, but stuff like that happened all the time. I had directors that would come on to me. Um, you know, I'll give you this part. It's real. That, that stuff is real. That casting couch. That's real. So you got to be smart when you come out here and you can't, you got to pay attention to the people around you. If they're asking you for something in order to get something, there's probably, you know, that's a red flag for sure. Right. And so how to like, how did you protect yourself in those moments? Agent, really Mm -hmm. good agent, Mm -hmm. good manager, Mm -hmm. um, you know, asking a lot of questions, not saying yes to everything. My one of my best friends, Andy, always says, trust yet verify. And I just really have learned to verify things before I just say yes to anything. Yeah. And I'm not so desperate anymore. Like right, right. now I'm doing my own stuff. So, you know, people that come in with wide eyed bushy tails to Hollywood and they're like, I'll do anything, you know, for the part. I, I That's how I was 20 years ago, but I'm not like that anymore. Now people are begging me for parts. So well, I was just going to, I was just going to yeah. say, I'm sure, I'm sure you've gotten to that stage. Yeah. So I kind of now want to talk about like um, if there if there's somebody that's listening right and they're looking to get into the industry and they're struggling and you know they're not finding their way mm-hmm. to the right places. What kind of tips would you be able to give them? Yeah, to lead them in the right direction. Absolutely. So there's one really good tip. Uh, so there's the website called Samuel French, okay. and Samuel French has a uh, it's called the the agency booklet. And it's a book that has every single agency and what the agent is looking for. Cause you don't want to just send all your stuff to agencies and they're like, we're not even looking for your type. So you want to get that book on Samuel French. It used to be $10. I don't know what it costs now, but it's probably samuelfrench.com. Get your headshots, you know, get a nice like headshot um, and make sure that you don't have any jewelry and make it as simple as possible and make it about your face. And then have a letter. If you've never done anything, just of introduction, like your size, you know, your age, your height, it's just like the stuff that they're going to need. And, you know, it's it. And then put some envelopes together, send those out to the agents that are looking for your type. It usually takes a couple of weeks for them to call you back if they're interested. And then you go to the agency. There's usually three or four agents in the room. They're going to have you read, you know, like do some, some, um, some improvising things so that they know if, if you can act and stuff, if you're good on camera and then usually it takes a couple of weeks for them to decide if they want to represent you. But you want to get an agent as soon as you come out here. You don't want to waste time. But but if you don't have an agent, things have gotten a lot easier. LA Casting is a great place. You can pay 99 cents to submit yourself. To oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So LACasting.com, uh, uh, Frontier.com. There's a couple of different places where you can represent yourself. You do have to pay a monthly fee 
before you can get an agent. Once you have an agent, you don't have to pay that fee anymore. But if you don't have an agent, you got to pay the monthly fee. It's it's cheap. I think it's like under 10 bucks. It's worth it. Then you could submit yourself to things. And that's actually a good way to get an agent. Because if you do book something, you can call an agent and say, can you represent me on this? And it's a good way you know, for to, them to, to make oh, she can book. Yeah. So, so yeah. I hope you guys wrote that down and I'm going to put the, that website again, just say it again. And then I'm going to put it in the show notes so that people can like. It's Samuel it. French. I'm assuming it's samuelfrench.com, but Samuel French is the bookstore. So there okay. used to be uh, brick and mortars, but they closed down. So I think it's just online now. Perfect. Perfect. Uh, now, like what, when I think of when I first met you, like, and I, and I heard you speak and I just felt your heart, right? Mm-hmm. I, I felt you being that servant leader, that person that just wants to be that to help. And I think it takes a certain person to be like that, right? Like, I mean, and so like, and I know your passion is also to help people, to help kids, right? So I know you have that thing going on. So yes. I kind of want to talk about that too. Yeah. So tell everybody about that because that to me oh. is so special. It's yeah. so, so special. You know, I, I, I watched my mom my, my whole life and she was that person. So she mm. was always like, who can I help today? And uh, so recently I have two teenage daughters and recently, you know, I decided after seeing some of their struggles and their friends struggling and you know, with depression and anxiety because of COVID, because of, you know, just the, the self-esteem and all of the low self-esteem and stuff like that. Uh, in January, I went over to and I met with the principal and I said, hey, I want to bring, I wrote a six-week program to empower teenage girls called Girls Empowered. And I said, I want to bring the program to you. It's totally free to the school. You don't have to pay anything. I'll get a sponsor, which I didn't know that who the sponsor was going to be at the time, you know, right. it came, which I will talk about. But um, the, the principal said, absolutely, yes. And when can you start? And I said, as soon as you guys can give me six dates. And he goes, I'll give you fourth and fifth period. We will send you six dates. We'll pay for lunch. I mean, here's the thing. The principal said to me, I get so many emails from parents saying my, my child's depressed, my child's suicidal. my child." And he's like, I'm not a therapist. I'm a principal. Right. And so he doesn't know what to do. He goes, I need more parents to get involved. So anyway, we started the program in February. We went six weeks. We had 60 girls for six weeks. And I had different people speaking. But I will say this. Again, when preparation meets opportunity, I talked about this in Clubhouse and yep. Tommy Jackson, mm-hmm. who I go into his rooms, he's a sync guy, he's a music guy. He said, wait, what are you doing? Because I was talking about what I was doing. And he said, I'm going to sponsor. He sent me the money that day. He sent me more than I even needed. Wow. And that paid for merch for the girls. It paid for all the materials. It paid for better lunches. It, And then we ended up doing a concert that he took care of everything. So he was an angel it was an incredible program. It was a pilot program that we are going to take to all of LAUSD. And so as soon as school starts again, we're going to do it again. It's I awesome. mean, yeah. it's, no, it's so special. And that was incredible that Tommy did that for sure. And yes, I love Tommy. Like, and I see it flourishing. I see it going into other, like other schools as well. Like not just in LA, but like all over, like it's definitely yeah. a mission that I'm um, I definitely will align with you on that for sure. Perfect. I 100%. So my last question for you as we wind down is when you look at your beautiful daughters, right? You get, are you doing a Barbara Walters trying to make me cry right now? <laughs> no. Is that what you're trying to do? <laughs> no, no, I'm not. Well, I mean, I'm trying, to get, on, I'm trying, I'm trying to get on the view. I mean, okay. <laughs> I love no, it. but when you look at your beautiful daughters, 
what kind of legacy do you want to leave them? Mm-hmm. You know, I always want my daughters to always want to help other people. Mm-hmm. I've, I've taught them that. I took them on their first mission trip when they were like five and six, or they were very young, seven and eight, maybe to Dominican Republic. They built homes. We built four homes in three days and uh, they got to meet the children that were going to go into that home. They became friends with them. So I've taught them since they were little. When I went to Africa, Bella made 250 loom bracelets for the kids. Like I've taught them since they were little, that number one is always giving back, never Mm. make anything about you. And listen, Teenagers are selfish, okay? But there's something inside of them that's deep down that I've taught them to always give back. Mm -hmm. If you see somebody hurting, you reach out to that person and never make anything about you. So those that's my biggest thing is just that whatever they do in life, they don't have to go to college. I told them, listen, if you have something that you want to do, we'll put money towards a business for you as an entrepreneur. We're not forcing you to go to college. That's your choice. And so I want the girls to do whatever they want. I've always been that mom. And my ex-husband is always, we're we're really good at co-parenting. We're good friends, no drama. We've always been those parents that are like, whatever you want to do, we're going to support it. We don't Mm -hmm. make them do anything as far as their careers go. It's whatever God put already in their heart that they're meant to do. So I'm just here to support them as a, as a mom. Well, you're doing an incredible job. You are, you are. And, um, with all the accomplishments that you've done and you've made in your life. So thus far, right. Do you celebrate those wins? Do you look at yourself in the mirror and say, Oh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yep. Yep. I'm girl. going there. Yes. Girl. Yes. Yes. Girl. That's such an interesting, it's such a powerful question. It really mm-hmm. is because the answer is no. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't see myself the way other people see me. I've never been that person that's like, I'm this, I'm that, I'm that. You know, sometimes you have to pull stuff out of me. I just feel like God has put this passion in my heart to do big things. You know, I've mm-hmm. always known I've had that, that it thing, you know, mm-hmm. but I've never let it get to my head. I've always been, I feel like I've always been as humble as I could because I don't like being around people that are like that. So I never want to be that ever. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I downplay a lot. I do. I don't overstate things that I've done. You know, Clubhouse, I only talk about certain things. I don't yep. say everything. And I think it's because I don't want people to ever treat me a certain way because they think they can get something from me or, you know, I'm always going to help people if I can. But as soon as I feel that person going, well, what can I get from Sally? Because I feel that. Trust me. I, I get people sometimes that I'll be in the car with them and they'll be like, I have this show idea, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, hmm, you know, like I'm not like, I'm with my daughters right now. We're going to like dinner. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm on vacation. Why right? right. show ideas right now? So, you know, there's, there's some stuff people and, you know, I see it and, and I'm like, okay, I see what you're doing, you know, but I just, I don't know. Like, I like being quiet about stuff. I think in silence and in quiet, you learn so much and you meet, when I meet people, I love to listen. When I go on mm-hmm. date, I'm single right now. I am seeing somebody right now recently, but when I go on dates, I like to listen. Cause I like mm-hmm. to, hear, mm-hmm. you know, cause if you, if you, if you're quiet, people will show you who they are. And you know, if yep. people show you their true colors, don't try to repaint them, you know? So I like to be quiet. I like to, I like to listen. Well, it, I mean, you know, Sally, I'm, I'm quiet too on those stages, and I, but like, I, I it, 
That's so funny that you say that because it's so true. When you when you listen, you really get to know that person. Mm-hmm. You, mm-hmm. It's important to be a good listener yes. and not always, you know, talking and talking. It's important to listen. I love that. Absolutely. But I, I like just like you gave us homework at the event with right, starting to write our story, which I which I have been doing. Yay. Which has been like an incredible, like almost like therapeutic experience. Yeah, I can't wait to hear. But I'm giving you homework. Okay. <laughs> because I want, I want you to celebrate some of the things that you've done. Thank you. Because like just looking and just, just talking to you right now, you've been, you've gotten so successful mm. that it's so, I want you to celebrate those wins. Thank even you. if it's like the small, like the small ones, even being, even being with your daughters and just accomplish yeah. it, you know, yeah. so I'm yeah. giving you, I'm giving you that homework. That's my homework. All right. <laughs> I think in that way. <laughs> but before we close out, I do want you to make your incredible announcement and then we'll go through how people can get in touch with you. But yeah. it's a huge announcement, guys. So yeah. all right. Thank you. So um so I have a new talk show and uh it's gonna be online and probably Amazon Live. We're working through the distribution right now. Mm-hmm. It's premiering on August 13th. Um, that's our first show. That's when we're going to shoot it. I don't know if we're going to, we're probably going to edit and it's going to go up probably the week after, but, uh, the first show goes, uh, live, uh, August 13th. And, um, it, Julian is actually flying into LA. Julian Bertano. I know. You were going to yesterday. Yes, it was just so, so crazy. He's like, I'm coming into LA. I go, what do you mean? He goes, yeah, I'm going to be on your show. And I go, my show hasn't even started yet. He goes, I don't care. We're going to do it. So I, I had to text my guy because we weren't going to start it yet. And I said, can we start the show August 13th? He goes, absolutely. I said, perfect. We're going to start pushing towards that. So I have a meeting tomorrow with Angie, who's my uh, co-producer on a lot of things that I do and also kind of managing my career. We're meeting tomorrow to kind of start putting it all together. Um, it's going to be a 30-minute show. It's called Welcome to My Clubhouse with Sally Cologne. I love and it. it's going to be all clubhouse people, I, all the people that I've met, some people that are like doing big things. Grant's going to come on. Grant Cardona has agreed to come on. Um, but a bunch of different people that I've met on Clubhouse. If you're in town, I would love to have you. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be amazing. The colors are going to be cool. We're going to have a good background. And I, you know, I, I produce. So I'm going to produce a really cool, clever show that I think people are going to really enjoy. I'm like so excited yeah. for it. I'm so, yeah. so, so excited for it for sure. Um, so how can my, cause I know by the end of this, my listeners are going to want to like message you, connect yeah. with you, do all the things. So yeah, how absolutely. can they do that? The best place to connect with me is probably Instagram. Like if you follow me on Instagram, if you don't follow me and you send a message, it's going to be hard for me to get the message. Cause sometimes I don't look at the others folder. So you're going to follow me on Instagram, send me a DM. Um, you could also email Angie at dream on prod, which is the name of my production company.com. So Angie at dream on That's my co-producer. That's helping me with all my stuff. Uh, so that's probably, if you want to send an email, that's probably the best way. If you don't want to send your email and give us your email, that's fine. I'm trust me. I'm never going to send you an email back. Um, but, uh, you can always DM me on Instagram, Sally Cologne, the number one on Instagram. Perfect. Perfect. Well, Sally, I just appreciate you because I know your time is valuable and I just, I'm so excited that you were able to sit down with me and talk. And I'm sure that people were definitely, uh, my listeners were definitely effective with whatever, everything that you said and learned something. Cause that's like the key with my podcast. I want them to really learn about these people that I'm bringing on. So it's an honor for, for me to have you. Thank and you. Thank I just, I truly appreciate you. Well, listen, let me just tell you, like, you got your stuff together. 
And you're a really good interviewer. interviewer. I was excited. I got, you know, I perked up a few times. Like you almost had me crying, but I didn't want my (laughs) So I want to congratulate you honestly for doing a great job, being prepared and just being a kind, kind hearted, loving interviewer. I really appreciate you having me on today on your podcast. Well, I appreciate you. And thank you. Thank you for those words. Truly, truly. And if you guys love this episode, please tag the two of us. We'll share it on our socials. We'll show you some love back, but appreciate you.